I think we have multiple people that are here for the first time today, so you kind of no clue what our Christmas service is going to be like. So this, uh, this is something we've only done a couple times. We could just call this our, our family service, and it means that we have our kiddos in here with us. So for the sermon, for the message, I'm speaking to the kiddos. Um, uh, and adults, you just get to listen in. I'll speak to you as well, but through, through the kids. But kids, it is so good to see your faces. I honestly didn't know how many people would be here today. So I'm excited to see all of you. Some of you kids, I know some I've never met before. So I just want to say Merry Christmas to you. Someone asked, like, what's up with all these presents up here? I'm like, well, this, isn't this what your house looks like right now? Right? You opened presents. Maybe you have more to open today. And spoiler alert, there's actually there's nothing in them. We just wrapped boxes. It was, it was just to look chaotic. And I, I think we accomplished that. So, uh, Well, we all know the Christmas story. And my guess is maybe in your houses you've been reading the Christmas story leading up to today. But I'll just, just in case, there's someone in the room that doesn't know it at all. I'll give us a, a, a quick synopsis of the Christmas story. So the angel comes to Mary and, and tells her, you are going to have a baby. Right? The Holy Spirit, you're going you're gonna to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. You're going to have this baby. But this baby, this little boy, isn't just any little boy. This is the Son of God. And, and this baby is coming to save the world. Obviously, that's a lot for anyone to take in. Um, but, but especially uh, this, this teenage girl named Mary. Well, her, hus- or her soon-to-be husband, Joseph, he was pretty confused by this. Um, I'm guessing he was probably hurt. So he was ready to kind of quietly end their engagement. Uh, He's thinking, man, this probably isn't the woman for me after all. But an angel came and and told him what was going down, what God was doing, that God was sending his son to save the world. So together, Mary and Joseph, they trusted God. You might remember the story. They had to go to Bethlehem because this dude in charge wanted to count everybody. And he said, you got to travel. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how pregnant you are. You're going to the town that your family is from. So they go. And, and lo and behold, Mary, it's time to have a baby, right? And the problem is there's, there's no room to rent, right? There's no hotel. You can't just Airbnb back in the day. So they, they find this like shack kind of stable thing with animals in it. And that's where Jesus, the son of God, was born. And God in the flesh, and nearby, you probably remember this too, there were shepherds in a field, minding their own business, and suddenly this angel comes and announces to them this baby, this, this king, this savior of the world. And they tell him, hey, this is where you go find this baby Jesus. So they take off with great joy. They find Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus just as the angel said, and they marveled. Right, that, that, God, that God disclosed to them where the baby was, and they got to see this, this son of God. But there's, there's, a, there's a story before that point, right? Like way before that, there, there's more that happened. Um, so we, we're going to talk about how we, how we get to that point. We're going to talk about the hope, that, that because of Jesus coming, the hope that we have, right? How does Jesus give us hope on Christmas? So kids, in just a moment here, uh, I'm going to ask you to come up, and each of you get to grab uh, a stocking. And in this stocking, there's, uh, there's some candy in it, right? I've never met a kid that doesn't love candy. 
Um, there's some, uh, some toys in it, and, and those toys are, are like a part of the lesson. And there's one tool. I guess it's three tools, and, or three toys and a tool, but the tool's fun too. Um, and, and then there's, I think, maybe more candy at the bottom. So, um, so you're going to have to be patient with me as we take things out of the stocking. Like, whose who's parents, like, make you wait and go in order as you unwrap gifts Christmas morning? Dude, isn't it the worst? It's so hard. But I want to honor your parents, so I'm going to do that same thing, and it's going to be the worst. So, but the candy in the top, let's say you can start eating two pieces. Your parents would have said one. I'm going to say you get two, okay? So uh, kids, come up, pick a stocking, and then take it back to your chair with you. Yep, there's plenty of stockings. You don't need to, you don't need to run. Don't hurt anybody. There you go. Oh, yep, we got a second one there. There we go. You know, I'll take the second one. Thank you. All right, everybody get one? Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Here, do you need one too? There you go, Luke. Oh, I already, I already got one. Do you want one? There we go. Cool. All right, so start with that candy in there, right? Because that, uh, that is good stuff. These are actually my favorites. These are the little Hershey hugs, I think they call them. They're like peppermint. They're, well, Hershey kisses, but I think they call these Hershey hugs. Maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't matter. All right, okay, so kids, you got the candy, but then I need you to pull out this ball, right? Pull out the ball, and I want it, everybody find the ball, raise it up so I can see that you have it, right? It, it, squish it. It's kind of fun. It's a squishy little ball. So I want you to look at the ball and tell me what, what's on it. Like, what is this ball supposed to be? The world. Yeah, it's a little globe. Parents, if you can't see, it's a squishy little ball. So first, I want you to try and find where you live, on this ball, right? Take a moment, right? And point where you think like we are right now at this moment in the ball. Anybody find where they live? Nope. <laughs> Good luck. All right, if you already found where you found it, awesome. If you already found where you live, why don't you try and find where Jesus was born? Try and find there. All right, flip it around, see if you can find that. You can, you can, your parents hopefully can help you. Hopefully they know where that happened. All right, so why do you think, kids, I gave you a, a ball that's a globe? When we think about God, why would I do that? Anybody know? Well, let me read this verse for you. This is John 3.16. This is probably a verse that you all know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, right? So hold up, hold up your ball real quick, right? Because God, he loves the world so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to come, all right? Now, there are times as a parent, like especially when you have a little baby, especially your firstborn, you, you're pretty nervous, maybe protective, right? Uh, like there's the classic, if their binky drops on the ground, the first time parent, what do they do? They go, they like sterilize it, and then they'll put it back. Second time parent, you kind of wipe it, and then you put it back in. Third time, they might not own a binky, who knows? Um, or you'll just give them anything. But man, it, it is, it, it's scary, it's, it's a big thing to just hand off your kid, your firstborn especially, and even let someone else hold them. But man, God, he loved the world so much that he sent his son, right? And it says that whoever believes in him should not uh, perish but have eternal life. 
And, and we'll, get, we'll get back to more of that later. But, but we really, for this story, we got to go all the way back to the garden. So we have a slide of maybe what the Garden of Eden was like. But you know that God created everything, right? There's nothing that exists that God did not create. And we're told that it was good. So there's Adam, there's Eve, there's the animals. But we know that Adam and Eve, they chose to disobey God. They rebelled against God. They chose to do what they wanted instead of what God wanted. Um, we call that sin. They, they didn't trust what God said, but they, they thought that they knew what was actually best. So they ate the fruit, right? They, they rebelled against God, and we know that sin then spread through the world. And we feel that in our relationships, right? Like maybe kids, perhaps your brother or sister has done something mean to you. I'm sure you've never done anything mean to them. It was totally unprovoked, but they've done something to you, right? And, and you get in this argument. Man, that's, that's a little tiny picture of the brokenness of our world. But our, our brokenness isn't just with people. Our brokenness is with God, too. And we can't fix it. We can't take care of sin on our own. We can't get rid of it. We can't, we can't stop sinning. But God had a plan. Right after Adam and Eve sinned, he, he gives in Genesis 3 what you could call consequences for the sin. He gives consequences to Adam, consequences to Eve. And then even the snake, which I didn't mention the snake, but the snake is the one that told them, hey, you should eat this fruit. Right? He's the one that tempted them. Even, in, even the snake in Genesis 3.15, it says this. God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Right? Like I'm going to cause this strife, this battle between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring, right? Their, their, uh, their offspring. What are their offspring, kiddos? What's offspring? Does anybody know? Children, right? Yes. Yep. And then it says this. He shall bruise your head and you shall, uh, and you shall bruise his heel. So let me break down what that is. So he tells the snake that God is going to send the offspring of this woman, a baby son, that will grow up. And the snake is going to bite the heel of that son, that, that grown son. But man, that son is going to stomp the, the head of that serpent. It says bruise the head. Some, some Bibles say actually crush the head. So right, let's, let's connect the dots then to the Christmas story. So someday the Savior would be born and he would grow up and he would die. But in his death, he would defeat the enemy, right? He would crush sin and death. So who was God talking about? Well, he was talking about Jesus. Jesus would come because he loves the world so much. And he would save us by dying on a cross for our sin, right? And Jesus really, truly did die on the cross, right? But what happened, kids, three days later? Who knows what happened after Jesus died on the cross? Yeah, well, you, oh, you're raising your hand like a good kid. Good work. Yeah, he rose from the dead, right? So his, his death is, is the he shall bruise your heel part of Genesis 3. But him rising from the dead, this is him crushing the serpent. His, his death defeated sin and death. He rises from the dead showing us that God, God accepted Jesus' death as a sacrifice for us. And the Bible says that if we believe in God, man, if we believe in Jesus, then we have eternal life through him. So Jesus brings joy to the world. And we're gonna sing that song, Joy to the World, after, after I get done speaking here. But man, when we sing that song, we need to just sing our hearts up because of the good news that Jesus came. Okay, so next, kids, in there. I need to pull out the next thing, and it should be, it should look like this. 
maybe a different color, but it should look like this. Everybody find this in there. Yep, man, how many of you adults just loved these as a kid, right? I'm playing with this when I get home today. Okay, and this is way better than the little junky one I had as a kid. It was like plastic, it was that big, it didn't float. Okay, kids, so this is, this is like a paratrooper, or that's what I'm calling it at least. Okay, so kids, I will never ever tell you to do this again. I want you to stand in your chair at church. Stand up in your chair. I promise you, I'll never say this again here. Stand up on your chair. Parents, cover your heads. I just want you to throw this thing up in the air, and we're going to see what happens. Throw it right now. Yep, I will never do this again. There we go. There we go. You know what? You can even throw it a second time. Get it out of your system a little bit. Cool. Okay, and after you've thrown it a second time, I need you to sit back down in your chair, and you can play with your little army guy, but I need you to sit back down in your chair, and we're going to talk about what this guy is all about. So here's what the paratrooper is about. God loved the world so much that he sent his son on a rescue mission, right? I picture a paratrooper, man, he's not just doing this for fun, right? He's doing this because he is on a mission, but Jesus didn't float down, right, from the sky in a little uh, parachute. No, instead, he came as a little baby. Now, kids, how many of you, want, I want to raise a hand. If you could be a baby all over again, what kids would choose that? Actually, adults, you can do this too. You, you would choose to be a baby. Raise your hand if you'd choose to be a baby. You would. You liked it that much, you don't even remember what it was like. What's that? You need to restart. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, I need to restart some stuff too. That's a good point. Um, I would not be a baby again. I, I don't want to be in a diaper. I don't want someone changing my diaper. Uh, I don't want to eat mashed food. I don't want to eat blended up food unless it's a smoothie that I chose. Uh, I like my teeth. I work pretty hard to keep them, so I would hate to go back to not having teeth. I wouldn't, I, 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 man, to not be able to walk, that would be lame. I, I, I want to be able to talk, all these things. So there's no way, there's no way. If you give me a choice where I become a baby, it blows my mind that Jesus was willing to do that for us, that he came on this, this rescue mission for us, and it started out with him taking on flesh, him becoming a person. And I hope, kids, and everybody, I hope we know that when Jesus came, he, he, yes, he's God, and he added humanity to him, right? He's still, still God, 100% God, and 100% man. He did this because he was on a rescue mission to save us. Okay, get your stockings. Dig in there. I know it's a little tight, or at least for my big fat hands it's tight. Maybe your hands are good. I need you to pull out this flashlight. All right, you got a flashlight. And turn it on. There should be batteries in it. Hopefully it works. If not, I don't know who to complain to. Now, hopefully your parents taught you don't like shine it in somebody's eyes. Don't shine it in somebody's face. But right now, just wave it around, right? I know you got to get this out. So wave it around up top, right? Maybe down on the ground, right? In the chair in front of you. Cool. One more time up in the air. All right, okay, so now, now, now you can do it on the ground. You can do finger puppets. I don't care, but here's what the light is about. This is what John, uh, John 1, 4 says. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. So kids, what does light do for us? Helps us see. Yeah, what else? It's like you read my notes. What are you doing? She's just like, I know. <laughs> we'll get to that part in a second. But yes, light lets you see, 
right? Light, light shines in the dark places so that you can see what's going on, right? Both the good and the bad, because we, we need to be able to see where we are going. So Jesus came, and it says that he comes, and he's the light. He's the light to the world. The world couldn't see, or at least we couldn't see enough. We couldn't see rightly until Jesus came and shined light. So this, this Jesus coming meant that now, through him, we can know God. Another way that you just talked about, yeah, from the Psalms, talks about uh, that God's word is a light, right? That God's word lights our path. And, and sometimes that's just like all you can see is that next step, right? Sometimes it's more than that, but, but sometimes all God gives us is, is that next step. And then we see like, whoa, man, I got to turn. I'm about to walk off the stage. But, but God, God's word is a light to our path, right? And, and what is Jesus called in John? John 1, he's called the word. Right? Jesus lights up the way so that we can see God. And we needed Jesus to come so that we could know how to live in him, how to be forgiven by him. There will be times in life when it's hard, right? When, when, when there's all kinds of obstacles. But man, Jesus lights the way for us, which leads us to the last, the last thing in our stocking, unless there's more candy in there, I have no idea. But pull out this other little ball type thing. All right, so this ball is, it's a maze. And I couldn't tell how easy or difficult this maze was when we bought it on Amazon. I'm afraid it might be a little hard. So it might be several Christmases from now that you're like, oh, I finally finished the maze. That's my bad. Um, but here, here's why I gave you a maze. Sometimes life feels like, like a maze. And I think we have a picture of, of a maze that we'll put up there. Sometimes it feels like I've got to make all these turns and I don't know where I'm going. And sometimes I just feel lost. I, I'm trying to make, make the most out of life that I can. I'm trying to make the best decisions I can. I just keep running to dead ends. This is what Jesus said in John 14, 6. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I, I, I'm the way, right? I, I'm the way to get through this maze called life. I'm the only way. No one comes to God. No one will know the Father. No one will be made right with the Father, forgiven by the Father without coming through me. Jesus says, there's no other way to be saved. I am truth. I am life. So Jesus had to come, right? He, he had to come. He had to be born to Mary and Joseph in that stable, surrounded by all these stinky animals, laid down in a feeding trough. And he grew up, right? He, he lived without sinning. He died on a cross so that you and I could trust in him. And that when we believe in Jesus, when we trust in him as the only way, the only way to be saved from sin and, and our muck and our, our bad decision, it says God forgives us and he gives us life and it's life forever. It's, it's eternal life. And this is why we have hope, right? This is what Christian hope is, that Jesus secured the way of salvation. He made the way of salvation. And, and biblical hope is different. The way, kids, the way that, that the Bible talks about hope is different than the way you and I probably use hope every day. So how many of you kids hoped for a certain present this morning? Like there's something you just wanted so bad, right? I'll, I'll just let you say it on three. One, two, three. Nintendo Switch is the only one I heard. That sounds like a lot of fun. 
Yeah, two of you wanted that. Okay, so you wanted something. I don't know if you got it or not. I'm not gonna, I won't have you raise your hands for that. I hoped for snow on Christmas. It's debatable. I don't think, we got ice. We got ice and, and it's most, most of it's gone. Um, and every year I hope for snow. But you know what? The way I use that word there, it's, it's I wish, right? I, I wish that we would have some snow. Um, it, it's what I want, but, but there's no sureness to it. It's not certain. The way the Bible uses the word hope, it's, it, is, it is a certain thing. It is going to happen. It's not a wish, right? It's, it's really more like a promise because it's definite. And, and it's definite because God is the one that secures our hope. I'm going to have the band come up as I read this final verse and we'll be done. This is from Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope, and I love that, that description of God there, that he is the God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, right? That in our believing in Jesus, we get joy, we get peace in this world because we know who loves us. We know who died to save us. We know whose hands we are in. And this means that we get peace, right? There's, there's nothing to be scared of if we are in Jesus. And then it says, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope, right? We get to live in hope as Christians. We get to live in hope because Jesus was born to save us. He lived to save us. He died to save us. He rose from the dead to save us. So we get to live in hope because of the Holy Spirit. 